This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? My name is Patrick Allen. Welcome into another edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Verderam. Matt, it is... October 1st. I can't believe we made it. It's Halloween season. It's my favorite time of year. We're going to talk lots of football. We're going to preview the Chiefs and the Patriots, but let's talk about something a little bit more important here, and that's Halloween candy. What, what do you got? What, what, do, what is your go-to this time of year? Anything Reese's peanut butter cup involved. Um, if, it, if I go to a house with my daughter and she gets Reese's peanut butter cups, it, we, we split them like 50 50 because she's only three years old and she doesn't need 12 Reese's peanut butter cups. So we, we go that, that route. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's right there. That's number one for me. And then it, then it kind of cascades from there. You know, Twix, Kit Kat. Uh, I'm a big 100 grand guy. Love 100 grand. Yeah, the best part underrated. about Halloween candy, the best part is you get these candies that you don't get at any other time of the year. Right. Like I would never get in a hundred grand bar except on Halloween, but on Halloween, yeah. man, it's great. I love it. I should get it more often. Fifth Avenue. Then I just forget, but man, I, I love it. I'm all for it. We've got very similar tastes in, in Halloween candy. I'm a big Reese's guy as well. Love Twix. That's definitely my number two. Um, and yeah, I agree. hundred grand seriously underrated. So right, we got to talk Reese's for a second then. What's, what's, you know, this time of year, it's the pumpkin, right? And, yep. Yep. Um, and then at Christmas, they get the Christmas. What's, what's your shape? What's your favorite go-to shape? It's got to be the Christmas tree. It's got to be. Tree. Now, now, part of that is because I love Christmas. Like, I'm not a huge holiday guy. I never really have been. Christmas is my, my jam. I, I, Christmas Eve was always really big in our family. We always went to my uncle's. And then... As the years went on, I've got a buddy of mine who was best man at my wedding. We're really, really close, more like brothers than friends. And so he loves Christmas as much as I do. We created Christmas Eve Eve because nice. sometimes Christmas can get ruined when you have to get with your family and half your family is a circus. So Christmas Eve Eve is like reserved for only the people you actually want to see. Your significant <laughs> right. other, yeah. your parents, your friends. So uh, I got to go Christmas tree. I, I love getting those in the stocking. It's a it's a big difference, right? Because the the special edition Reese's, I think the big difference for me is that it it doesn't have that kind of that hard, crunchy outer 
rim right. that the right. regular cups have. Is that why they're so good? Is it? I mean, I like the I like the the, the kind of crunch, but like you know, is it is it is it is it, is that why it's sort of different? It's you get this like right straight to the peanut butter. Like the chocolate's a little softer. Yeah, I think it's because for me anyway, they're thicker, so there's more peanut butter, and I'm That's a huge peanut, peanut butter guy. Is- a huge right. win. So I, mean, yeah. I think I think that's kind of why I also enjoy the Reese's, the regular like shaped peanut butter cups where they're inside out. They have peanut butter on the outside, chocolate on the inside, or even the white chocolate ones. Like I'm a fan of the whole genre. I really yeah. am. Um, I, but I loved Reese's so much growing up that I I you know they used to have those commercials. How do you eat your Reese's? And it yeah. was like the like the vampire or, or the, somebody eats the middle. And I would I would yeah. mimic the commercials. I would push the middle. I'd push my thumb through and get that <laughs> hole in the middle. And then I would eat it really slowly, like around the edges, like something. So it's good. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to uh, think. Like they, they have that like the Reese's Big Cup. Remember that one oh, year? I've seen those. Yeah. We can move on from this, but one year, my dad also loves Reese's. Probably get it from. And my aunt, as a joke got him this huge pack of Reese's peanut butter cups. Each peanut butter cup was like three pounds. It was, it was oh, comical. It was I think she got it like Disney or something. And it was meant to be a gag. And the, the trip to my aunt house, aunt's house was like an hour and a half from New York to Jersey. So on the ride home, my father sat there and just gnawed on one of them the entire time. Man, ate like a three-pound Reese's peanut butter cup in an hour and a half on the ride home. <laughs> we were, we were that, worried about it. At that point, it's like a slice of pie. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, so sticking with our Halloween theme, are you a big horror movie guy? You know I am. You are. I'm not. I never. I'm not a big movie guy in general. I mean, certainly I've seen a handful of them. My wife, who does not watch TV ever, she is going to occupy the television every night this month because she loves every Halloween movie, whether it's really bad or it's great. Steph will sit there and watch every single one of them. Um, I'm. I'm. Look, I like that the Freddy movies are good. Um. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is fine. I enjoy that. I, I'm kind of in the, if I haven't, if, if it's not a, a mainstream one, I probably haven't seen it. If it's mainstream, I've, I'm sure I've seen it at, at this point. What movie has scared the, the crap out of you more than any other? And you can't say like, you know, watching Brody Crow play quarterback for the Chiefs. It's <laughs> the obvious answer. Um, <laughs> I guess I would say probably Texas Chainsaw Master because I saw it when I was like, whatever, like nine. So probably that. Like I slept with my eyes open, yeah. I think, for about a week. So Those probably that one. Just because of the age, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what's Maisie's Halloween costume? You got one picked so, out? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm sure she's going to be a Disney princess because that's what she lives for right now. Last right. year, she was a lion. The year before that, she was the Chiefs fan, all like a Chiefs cheer T-shirt, and then you know some some red shorts. Um, so she'll be a Disney princess. She, I'm sure, will be very excited to go out and trick or treat because she lives for candy, like every other three year old in the world. So, right. by the way, before we move on from all this, it has to be asked: uh, thoughts on candy corn? I'm a candy corn guy. I like it. I don't understand the hate. It's, you know, people say, oh, it's, it's gross. It's sugar. It's just sugar. So I don't, when people say they don't like candy corn, I'm like, you don't like sugar? Like, what's the problem? I don't, I think it's just like popular to say it's the, that you hate candy corn. I like, I don't like it, but I'll, I'll sit there and eat it the entire day. So like, I, I like the chocolate ones where they're like orange, chocolate, yes. orange. Those yeah. those ones I'll sit there and eat all night yeah. long. The other, the only problem with candy corn for me is like I get sick if I eat too much of it. Like if I sit there and eat pure like, sugar, 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. So yeah. I sit there and eat like two dozen of them. I'm, I'm physically ill for the rest of the day. But yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and snack on them, pop them in. You know, I, the hate on them, I, I agree with you. The hate on them is to just hate on candy. And that's no way to live. Right. I agree. I think maybe it's a texture thing. I don't know. But you know what? Those people, they got to live with themselves. So, um, well, let's move to Chiefs Halloween here. Now, I wanted, I just wanted to kind of call back to a game that I, I absolutely loved. I, you know, me being a big Halloween guy, I got really excited when the Chiefs were playing the Chargers a few years ago at Arrowhead Stadium. And, uh, you know, it was, fun. you remember all the Chiefs DBs, they had the scream masks on. There were those great pictures. Yes. Uh, and that's the game where the Chargers had it won. And I just needed to kick a field goal, right? And they win the game. I think I was yep. like a one or two point lead for the Chiefs. <laughs> and they, they were fine. They, I, like they, they could have run down. Like they ran one more play and Phillip Rivers fumbled the snap. I don't think it was, a, I don't recall it being a bad snap. He fumbles it, huge pile. And, uh, and Andy Studebaker, old guy Andy Studebaker comes out of that pile with the football and the Chiefs go on to, to win. What, what do, you, do you have any special memories of that game? So I, I do remember that game very vividly. I'll tell you what, and this is probably a weird thing to remember, but I remember uh, the, the lead into that game. The Chiefs that year started, um, excuse me, they, they started that year, I believe, on three. They came back. They got to 500, maybe. Yeah, I think they were at 500 going into the game. And I do remember that they did that, that intro on ESPN with Len Dawson. Um, and it was one of the coolest intros they've ever done, in my opinion. But I, as far as the game goes, yeah, I remember Jackie Battle was the running back yeah. in the game. He, he had a good game because Charles was hurt. Um, and, yeah, Rivers from win the ball. They were tied. All they needed to do was kick a field goal. And then uh, <laughs> the Chiefs ended up going down and winning it in overtime. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a game. I remember being like, man, the Chiefs are going to win their second straight division. And then <laughs> and then a lot of things happened. Yeah, yeah. A lot of well, things when, happened. When, you know, that was during the era where, you know, they weren't very good. And, you know, these guys like Jackie Battle and, and Andy Studebaker, like they were, fi- they were fine players. They had no business starting for an NFL team. You know, they were, they were serviceable NFL back of your roster players. Right. Uh, Studebaker had some nice moments at that interception where he ran out of gas. Great joke. Uh, but, yeah. you, know, uh, it, you know, they were serviceable players. But the, they just, the Chiefs just weren't deep. And these guys had, could have their moments. But they, they weren't guys you wanted out there all the time. No, no. Um, it was just at that point in time, they, they were not that talented. Uh, yeah. I think that's, just, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> uh, they, they, they were not, a, they were not a good team, but people forget that year and we whatever, let's talk about the good team, but they, uh, they would have made the playoffs if, if they, if they hadn't had like two blocked field goals against the Raiders week 16, Raiders. that yeah. was a Tebow year. And, uh, it's amazing to think though, that year they went seven to nine, they didn't make the playoffs. The next year is a year where everything goes straight to hell. They go two and 14, the, the, the tragedy with Belcher. And then the next year is Andy Reid. Like who knew at that point, you know that that better days were ahead. But the Chiefs, man, they, that was a that was an unpleasant period of the Chiefs history. Well, you know that's a really good point, Matt, because I remember at the time thinking, oh man, like you know they weren't very good. They they kind of rallied, but that was the year they beat the Packers, and then and then Romeo Cornell gets the job, right? And yep. you know if that doesn't happen that way, right? Like if 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 they continue to be terrible and they maybe they, they don't hire Romeo and they end up going with a younger coach, the Chiefs miss out on Andy Reid, which means that you know Super Bowl probably, right? Like who would they, I don't know who they might have hired back then 
Um, but it's hard, you know, it, Romeo was one of those guys you could fire after a year, right? Like you, you, you see, you give it a chance. It doesn't work out. You move on. If, uh, worked if out they, well. If they had not kept Cornell, and by the way, they would not have if they didn't beat the undefeated Packers that year. That was the big right. thing. Everybody remembers he they knocked them off with Kyle Orton somehow. And, you know, they went two and one in the three games with Cornell at the end of the 2011 season. If that doesn't happen and they go out and hire somebody else, not only do they not have Andy Reid, guess what? They also never had John Dorsey and they don't have Brett Veach because Veach came right. over from Philadelphia. So none of that happens. They would not have Patrick Mahomes right now. They would not. So it's funny how the world turns on these little pivots. If they – if they don't beat that undefeated Packers team, which is a meaningless win in the moment, if they didn't do that, they they don't have what they have now. So be thankful. Be thankful yeah. for Kyle Orton. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're going to move on here in a second, but I just wanted to touch on Titans-Steelers has been postponed. More players came down with, with COVID-19, so that game is not going to happen nope. this week. They were going to try to push it to Monday or Tuesday. Now they're probably going to be looking at shuffling around bye weeks. This is a big, you know, that was a big game. And I mean, it's still going to happen, but that was a big game in the AFC. They're both undefeated. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not terribly scared of the Titans. I don't think they're that good. But uh, what do you make of this? Do you think we're going to see more of these? I mean, the holidays are coming up. People are going to be getting together with their families for Thanksgiving. I'm a little bit concerned. I think the NFL will be fine. But do I think we're going to have a couple more games this year probably get postponed? Yeah, probably. I mean, but I, I don't – look. People just have to accept that 2020 is what it is. It is not normal. It is the, one of the weirdest years probably any of us have ever lived through. I don't think you're going to have the season shut down or anything like that. I mean, look, the, the, I think the NFL got really lucky, quite honestly, that Minnesota didn't somehow contract a bunch of these things when they played Tennessee. Right. I mean, Minnesota is very fortunate that they're going to, it appears, open the facility on Thursday. They'll be able to play against Houston. And, yeah, you know what? It's not good. But Tennessee and, and Pittsburgh, they'll probably shift it. They'll play week seven. Pittsburgh will go play week eight. And it really isn't going to affect anything else. Now, it sucks if you're the Steelers. You did nothing wrong, and you're basically losing your bye week. That sucks. Um, but life's not going to be fair this year. It's just not. Look at baseball. I mean, the Cardinals play like 16 doubleheaders or something, and they're one went away from going to the NLDS. Like, it's just – unfortunately, yeah. this, this is not a normal season. Um. I do think it'll happen a few more times. I think the biggest thing is in the NFL, you just have to pray it doesn't happen in the playoffs. That is where you have a major problem. Now, of course, they're not going to cancel the season, but then then you start getting into pushing games back. It would be a mess. But for now, it's only one game. Hopefully, it stays that way. But yeah, I expect that this will be a theme. At some, you know, it'll crop up throughout the year. Yeah, and I'm sure that once the uh, once the playoffs get here, things are going to get locked down uh, on these players. You would you, you would know, think so, teams, yeah. right? Um, yeah, it's it it was bound to happen. It, baseball had a little flare up; they got it under control. Uh, so hopefully, the NFL can continue to do the same thing. And, and they've been doing a great job up until this point. So maybe a little wake up call. Uh, it only takes, unfortunately, the stuff's contagious. So it only takes one person. So. All right, well, let's move on. We'll, 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 that, we'll figure out how that impacts the AFC as we move forward. Uh, I want to touch on power rankings because, you know, the fans love them. We got them on fansided.com. I wanted to touch on the ESPN ones this week because I found them a little, I was a little bit, I didn't agree with them. Uh, and just, we're going to talk about the top five, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, Vertoram. Chiefs, number one, obviously the best team in football. They got the Ravens at number two, uh, ahead of the Seahawks. 
uh, at number three, then the Packers at four, and the Saints at five. I was a little surprised that the Saints have not looked that great to me uh, there at number five. But, I mean, what do you make of the Ravens? Do you think the Ravens should have dropped a little farther? No. Or dropped at all, I guess. They were number two last week. I have them in number two in my power rankings as well. I, I don't think the Ravens deserve to drop because they lost to the best team in football. I, I mean, look, ultimately, I still think those are the two best teams in the league. The Ravens are, I believe, something like 22-1 and one under Lamar Jackson, 21-1 and one when they don't play Kansas City. The Ravens are a juggernaut. They're a great team. They just can't beat Kansas City, which is great if you're, if you're listening to this podcast. It's great news. Um, but the Ravens are really, really good. I still think the Ravens are going to win like 13 games this year. So, no, I, I didn't drop them. I, my biggest contention with that power ranking is the Saints should be nowhere near five. The Saints stink right now. Now, now I picked them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, so I'm eating crow right now on that. But, my God, how could they be five? Are you kidding me? I mean, the Steelers haven't been better than them this year. Uh, I, I would argue that the, the Buccaneers, I know they lost to them. They're two and one. They're better than them right now. The Bills. Um, yeah, absolutely. Buffalo. Uh, the, the Rams are better than them right now. Uh, you know, I – I don't understand that. And I, I, look, I, I don't argue with it because I think it's 1A, 1B. I think the Packers are better than Seattle. Seattle can't stop anybody. I mean, that, that's coming home to roost at some point. Russell Wilson has thrown 14 touchdown passes in three weeks, and they barely won two of the three games they've won. That, w- that would be deeply concerned, right? Yeah. That's, like if Mah- that was, that's like the year Mahomes with the Chiefs a couple years ago where the Chiefs were scoring like 35 points a game and barely hanging on because they just could not get off the field. Like, at some point, you're going to play a team that can hold you down to, you know, 27, and you're going to lose. And I think that's where Seattle yeah. is. Yeah. It's, I, was, I was thinking a lot about that, that Chiefs team when looking at Seattle this year and being like, man, that, you know, Mahomes doesn't need to throw 50 touchdown passes. Uh, he doesn't need to right. throw four touchdown passes when they're, you know, like we got a game coming up against the Patriots. That, that's going to be a little bit of a tough game. But when the Chiefs play the Jets, you know, everyone's going to rush Mahomes into their starting lineup. Oh, you know, he's going to, they're going to kill him. And I'm, you know, I don't like those games because they're going to kill them and he might throw two touchdown passes and Clyde might get one. And then and at that point they're on cruise control. They're running the ball, they're running the clock out. So, um, I, That's I agree. That's a Clyde Edwards Alaire game. Yeah. It he is. rushes for 200 yards because the Jets <laughs> just can't get off the field. Yeah. I mean, right. I hear you though, man. It's a good point. And, the one difference, by the way, with that Seattle team currently and the old Chiefs team, that Chiefs team led the league in sacks. Seattle can't get a lick of pressure. I mean, Seattle is awful defensively. Absolutely one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. So we'll see how it shakes. You do have Russell Wilson. I'm sure they'll make the playoffs. But, man, at some, at some juncture, you're going to play a game where your offense isn't perfect. And when that happens, they're going to lose. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agree. The defense is a problem. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think – I don't want to say that the Chiefs exposed the Ravens because it, you know, this what the Chiefs did to the Ravens on on defense is it's not exactly rocket science, right? Like you just have to be able to, to execute it, and a lot of teams can't because they can't execute on offense. And I think, look, I, I think the Ravens are excellent. I think Lamar Jackson's excellent. He's improving as a passer. You can see it. But I do think that they had a little bit of the benefit of surprise last year, right? That what they're doing, very dynamic running game an aggressive defense and I don't think they're as good on defense this year I, I know that they've, they've had some good games but they haven't played exactly murderers row you know playing the Browns and whose defense is terrible by the way their defense is awful I've watched all their games this season and they're not good um, and 
I think the Seahawks, if they play the Ravens tomorrow, I think they, I think they, I think we get a similar game to what the Chiefs did because I think when the Ravens go up against teams that can score on them, it's going to be a problem because they're not going to be able to stick to their game plan. And I think there's, you know, there's a little bit more tape on them and, you know, the Ravens will have to adjust. It's still early in the season and I'm sure that they can make some adjustments on, on offense. But right now teams are like, okay, we take away Mark Andrews. We try to keep, you know, the run contained and they can't throw to the outside. Um, so it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if I'm dead wrong on this, that they've been excellent. This is the NFL, so it's not easy to win games, but I could see them struggling and, and not actually being in the race for the number one seed. I could see them going 11 and five or 10 and six. No, if that happens, I mean, the chiefs are pretty much going to walk to a one seed as long as they're healthy. So, um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Look, that was the biggest takeaway for me from the game. I mean, Kansas City is now in a position where if they played it the standard, they're probably going to be the number one seed in the conference. And they're the number one seed in the conference. And I was on record last week, and I believe this, is saying, look, it's not the end they'll be all whoever wins that game. And I do feel that way. I still think, you know, could Baltimore go to Kansas City and win? I mean, yeah, they're, they're really talented. They could. You know, the Chiefs has to play well. But the one thing that is big is if the Chiefs get that one seed, they get a bye. And they're just going to be sitting there waiting for whoever comes in there. And that – that is a tough shore. I don't care who you are. Playing the Chiefs anywhere right now is a Herculean task. Getting them at home where the Chiefs have fans, uh, not, not the easiest of tasks. Look, it was a great win. They were dominant, and now they go play the Pats, who are, are certainly going to be well-coached and ready and waiting, and the Chiefs are going to have another tough tour ahead of them. Yeah, and let's, uh, let's get to it. So Chiefs-Patriots preview. Uh, we got Nance and Romo on the call. That'll be great. Uh, it's yep. going to be the later game, so more people can see it in that late window. Right now, the Chiefs are uh, plus six and a half over the Patriots. So this is not the not the Patriots of old. They're two and one. Cam Newton's played all right, but this is a big this is a big change. Uh, and the over under set at fifty three. So Verderam, first of all, I think it opened higher than this. Do you do you like the Chiefs at six and a half? And what do you think of the over under? I don't love them at six and a half. I've seen. In most places, I've seen seven. Uh, I know Bavada, which is where you usually go for the odds, they're still at seven. So I think you can get them at six and a half, take them in a heartbeat. The over-under, uh, I actually like the under because New England's going to try to take the time out of, out of the game. They're going to try to run the ball like crazy. Uh, I, we'll get to our score predictions later, but I like the under in this game. Look, it's whenever you play the Pats, you have to be ready for everything. That you know, Most teams come into a game – and they, they play a certain style, and that's who they are, and that's what they do. Belichick changes every week. Now, the Chiefs have had a lot of success against New England over the years, even before Mahomes. The last three times they've played New England, all three games were on the road, and the Chiefs covered all three of the, the spreads and won twice and lost on a last-second field goal the other time. So Kansas City, Reed usually plays against Belichick, or coaches against Belichick very, very well. But I do think it's an under game. Uh, I think the Chiefs will be forced to move the ball down the field in drips and drabs. I don't think Belichick's going to allow them to go up top. And I think the Pats are going to sit there and try to have 15 play drives. So I think the Chiefs offense will execute. I think the offense is actually going to be very good in this game. But I, I think it'll be more in the way it was against Houston, where it'll just be very, okay, fine. You don't want to give us 20-yard plays? We'll take eight yards at a shot. I think that's more of what you're going to see this week. Yeah, I, I – Six and a half is a lot, but I, you know, I only don't like it because I I could see the Patriots keeping the game close enough to 
you know, get within that window at the very end. Um, especially with, with Cam Newton and if the Chiefs are backing off because they've got a lead. But I agree with you on the over-under. 53, I think it's a little bit high. Uh, I would take the under on that. I'm usually an over guy, but especially when it comes to the Chiefs because if the team has yeah. any chance of beating them, it's going to be a shootout. But yeah, I like the under here. All right, so let's get into the injury report. Big news for Chiefs fans. I'm sure you've all already heard. Legereus need two injured reserve. Now, don't, don't panic too much. It doesn't mean what it used to mean where the, the guy's right. done for the year. Um, but he's got a fractured clavicle, broken collarbone. The typical time frame, they, Andy Reid was asked about it at his press conference yesterday. Didn't, didn't get just said, we'll see. And this is one of those injuries. It's usually a six to eight week injury. Uh, it depends on how bad the fracture is. It, 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 he, he just kind of fell on it. So I don't, I don't think it was one of these horrible, like he shattered it. They got to put a rod in or anything like that. Like it's, it's probably just a little bit of a fracture. Um, and uh, six to eight weeks, that would put him back to return maybe after the bye week. The bye week would be seven weeks into this injury. So the Raiders would be eight weeks after that. Maybe the, if the Chiefs, you know, depending on how bad it is, maybe they keep him out uh, for the Raiders game. And then he, he comes back for the following week against Tampa Bay. Um, I would like to get him out there for the Raiders game just to knock off some of the rust. What, what do you think, Verter? And when do you expect to see him back on the field? I think you're right on. I think about probably about that Raiders game. Because you're right. It typically is about six to eight weeks. Now, if it's a hairline and they got lucky, maybe it's a you know a four to six week type of thing. But I mean, I would expect six to eight weeks. So look, let's be real. The Chiefs know, with or without LeJarrius Sneed, they're probably going to win most, if not every game that he's not playing in. So they're not going to rush him back. Um, and they shouldn't. The shame of it is LeJarrius Sneed has not only been one of the better corners on Kansas City, he's been one of the better corners in football. I mean, if you go and look at some of the stats – the guy, in terms of target rate and yards allowed, I mean, he's been unbelievable. He's leading the league in interceptions. But here's the good news. He's not out for the year, and let's be real. They just need him to be healthy for the stretch drive and for the playoffs. That's it. They are going to win even that. I mean, look, look at the beginning of the year. They, they had wore it out for most of the year. Breland's been suspended. It had, none of it's mattered. None of it has mattered. They're so talented. They're so good. And, and now you're getting Breland back after this patch game. So. You know, you have to survive for one week. Okay, at least the Pats don't have any big outside weapons. You should be all right. Um, and the Chiefs still have Fenton. They still have Ward, who's now back and practicing fully. Uh, you know, and they can move Matthew down to the slot if they have to. So they're okay. Um, but, yeah, it's disappointing. I feel bad for the kid. He's been great. Uh, and like I said, you know, I know I've said this on the podcast before, tweeted it, wrote about it. I talked to some people inside the organization during training camp who were like, you need to watch this kid. He's going to play immediately for us. He's good. And they were right on. I mean, the Chiefs have this way of finding these guys late in rounds. He's been terrific. And uh, while it stinks he's going to miss, you know, a month and a half, two months in all likelihood, I think if you're the Chiefs, you're really happy with, with what you've gotten him and you're happy that it's not a torn ACL. It's not something like that. He will be back. And, and you know, I'm sure he'll be back playing the way he's been playing. Yeah, with the return of Breland, this is a guy you want for the playoff run anyway. And hey, not not too bad. Yeah, he misses out on some reps, but other teams also miss out on tape on him. Uh, and, you know, everybody's got some weaknesses, especially these young guys. So that might actually work in his favor down the stretch. Um, so we'll hope, hope he's back. I hope he's back in that Raiders game. I'd love to see him knock off the rust, even if it's just limited snaps. But uh, people forget that, you know, that Chiefs don't have a lot of big names at cornerback, but they have really good players in the secondary with Thornhill and Matthew. Uh, and they've got some experience there with guys like Dan Sorensen. So 
they're going to be fine. Um, all right, let's let's look at some of these other injuries. So nothing too alarming for either team. Uh, the Chiefs had uh, two players limited: Chris Jones with a groin, Alex Okafor with a hamstring. I don't think either of those guys will will not be able to go. I just you know they're just giving them a a, a break. Um, any concerns with those two for you? No, I mean, listen, the groin and the hamstring are tricky things because you can re-aggregate them easily. But I would think that, if, first of all, Okafor has missed the last two games and he hadn't practiced at all. So now the fact that he's limited, I think, builds well, especially on Wednesday. If you're limited on Wednesday, you typically are able to play unless you have you know, re-aggravation. Chris Jones, they said it wasn't serious. Uh, happened at the end of the Baltimore game. No, I, I think he'll be able to play. I mean, again, unless, unless they, if something happens during the week, no, I, w- I would think you're in pretty good shape. Okafor's missed a couple of weeks. It'd be nice to get him back, get him in the rotation. He's a good player. And obviously, Jones, look, <laughs> the Pats are without their starting center, David Andrews, who broke his uh, thumb. He is on IR for this game. You want Chris Jones in there because now they have Thune. Joe Thune is an excellent guard, all pro guard. He slid over to center for this game. They have inexperience at the guards. You want Jones head up over the guard in this game. You want to get pressure? That that's a surefire way to do it. Just look at the tape against Baltimore at a sack and a half. So, uh, no, I, I think the Chiefs are okay there, unless there's uh, unless something happens here over the next couple of days. Agreed. On the Patriots side, um, some bigger names on their injury report. Uh, Cody Davis did not practice. Not really a, a factor for them on defense. I think he's got one tackle this year. Um, Adam Butler is limited with a shoulder. Julian Edelman limited with a knee. Sony Michelle limited with a quad. Uh, Isaiah Wynn limited with a calf. I mean, you got some veterans on here. Belichick's be not fine. trying to go out there and yeah, and 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 run them into the ground. Um, but Edelman's really your, other than Newton, he he's your threat on on offense. So you you've got to have him in this game if you want any chance if you're the Patriots. So I'm not surprised that they're they're treating him you know, uh, carefully. I would bet my entire house and my bank account that the Chiefs are going to double Edelman in this game. Every play. And they're essentially going to say, go ahead, go ahead, throw the ball to Nikhil Harry. Go, who cares? Do it, beat us. Throw the ball. I will be absolutely shocked if they don't do it last year. Last year, they doubled Edelman and they doubled James White, and they should go ahead and beat us anywhere else. Anywhere else. Couldn't do it. There's no reason I think they won't do the exact same thing this time. I do remember one thing. I'm curious if you expect all does this because Newton's obviously a lot more mobile than Brady. They blitzed the hell out of Brady last year. They went after him the whole game. I don't think they're quite going to do that, mm-hmm. but I, I, I expect Edelman to get doubled all game. A lot of Tyron Matthew on him. They're not afraid of getting beat deep. I, I think that's going to be a big part of the game plan this week. And the Chiefs haven't given up a lot of explosive plays this year. Uh, you know, a couple of runs here and there, but in general, in the passing game, they've been they've been excellent. So. Look, this is the first time the Patriots have played at Arrowhead in the regular season since 2014. They were there for the AFC Championship game in 2018. But the Chiefs are, are going to be at home, and they're going to have fans in the stadium. How big of an impact do you think this has, or, or how big of an advantage is it for the Chiefs? It's a little bit. I don't think the crowd noise is going to be anything that's crazy. I mean, you know, the Chiefs can also still play noise over the loudspeakers. Um, so it's not like they're losing that. They, so I, I, it will be louder. Um, it's not gonna not gonna be typical arrowhead. It's 140 decibels, of course, but I think it'll help a little. I think it helps more in the emotion side of things. You can just have 20,000 people there. I mean, you got you got fans. You're jacked up. There's people there. Um, I think it helps in that regard. So 
I think it helps a little bit. I don't, I don't think it's an overwhelming thing, but I, I don't think it hurts. I think the Chiefs will probably be happy to see some people in the stands. I thought they sounded great in the, in the season opener, uh, all things considered. You know, I noticed that the – I don't know if you – did you notice this? The, the, the Ravens game, and maybe it was just the sound on the broadcast, but I felt like the, the noise that they were pumping in was really quiet, and was. I was surprised was. at that. Um, and they, in the NFL, like yeah. right before that game, a couple of days beforehand, they said that if you wanted to jack the noise up, you could. And they didn't do it. They never did it. I, I'll be honest. Though, I don't think it would have mattered. They could have, they could have jacked that up to 120 decibels. The Chiefs destroyed Baltimore. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't know that it made a huge difference. I think at a certain point that the, when you're pumping in crowd noise like that, it just, it probably becomes. It becomes white noise for the for the players, right? There's a difference between a real live crowd that is reacting emotionally to what is happening on the field, and just oh, here we've got some crowd noise. I mean, maybe we turn it up, or maybe we put in a cheer. But you're, you know, it's just different. You're not hearing the, you're not hearing the, you know, four hundred pound guy in the third row, you know, yelling yeah. obscenities at you, all that stuff that aggravates you as a player. So. Um, but I think it's going to help. I think it's going to help that the Chiefs will have fans and uh, they're going to be jacked up for this game for sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the defensive approach. Do you think the Chiefs should, you know, w- w- they're facing Newton. It's a running quarterback. He's, I think, a better passer than than Lamar Jackson uh, right now, but not anything that you're too, too worried about. Do, do you think the Chiefs should use a similar approach on defense to the Ravens that they did to the uh or to the Patriots that they did for the Ravens yeah I, no I agree the camp's better thrower than Lamar I don't think there's any question um but yes from the standpoint of you want to keep contained keep him in the pocket make him throw the football pack the middle of the field I would treat Edelman like I treated Andrews last week right like double team him take him completely out of the game do not let him beat you take away the middle of the field you make Cam Newton drive that ball to the outside of the numbers against those against those corners on the outside. Like the Chiefs can guard them one on one all day. There's no reason Fenton and Ward can't can't match up with these guys on the outside. If I I mean Zuber and Bird are two receivers that the the Pats are going to use, I would I would be willing to bet nobody's heard of either one of those guys. The Chiefs should be matched up. I play a single high safety. You have no worry about them going over the top on you. Um, I drop Matthew down to the box. I, I, I'd consistently try to pack the line of scrimmage as much as possible. So, yeah, I think it's an extremely similar approach. You're not quite as worried about Newton taking off running. I mean, obviously he can run, but he's not Lamar where, you know, Lamar gets loose. It's like a 50-yard gain. So I expect a similar approach, so I definitely do. Now the Pats, look, Marcus Cannon opted out. He's an all-pro right tackle. Frank Clark's on that side. He's going to be able to get some pressure, I would think. Jones, as long as he's healthy and he plays, I think he gets a lot of pressure up the middle. I think it's a hard match for New England. It really, I think it's very, very difficult for the Pats. I know Belichick's a great coach. God knows they'll come up with something. They run the ball like crazy. Um, but we've seen this before. Like teams come in here and it's like, oh, we're going to run the ball. And everybody always points that Colts game a year ago. The Chiefs didn't have Hill. They didn't have Watkins. They didn't have Jones in that game. Clark was banged. I mean, the Chiefs are missing a million guys. And, and by the way, only gave up 19 points in that game. Um, yeah, I think you will see a similar approach. And I think you'll see a similar outcome, to tell totally honest. Yeah, and you know the the Patriots do like to run the ball. They are leading the league in rushing offense right now, uh, which I didn't see coming. But uh, that's Bill Belichick for you, right? He's going to scheme some stuff. 
he always takes sort of mediocre running backs, finds ways to get production out of them, uh, but not on a consistent basis, much to the chagrin of fantasy players. Um, so I think Belichick's, you know, he did, we saw this last year, right? With the flea flicker, he knew he's, he knows he's going to have to score points and he knows that, uh, he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore and definitely doesn't have the Tom Brady, didn't have the Tom Brady of old last year. So he, he, right. he, he gets a little trickery. Do you, th- what do you think we're going to see from him? Is he going to dial up some more wacko, wacko plays with Cam Newton and flea flickers and Julian Edelman throwing passes and weird, weird stuff like that to, to try to catch the chiefs off guard. And would you tell the corners just stay on your man? Don't leave them. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think you're going to see, them try some some stuff in this game. I mean, last year you you know you had the free, free flicker that led to a touchdown last season for them uh, in that game against Kansas City. And they did not do much else offensively throughout the day. I think Belichick's going to know they, they have to steal some points and maybe even still like I look for a surprise onside kick, fake punt. They are going to have to do some stuff to win this game. They're not see, if, all right. If you're the Chiefs, not only this week but going forward. Most of the teams you play are completely overmatched, and they know it. Coaches will, of course, never come out and say that. You know, Belichick's not going to come up to the podium and go, yeah, you know, we're just outgunned here. Uh, but they know it. The Chiefs are going to have to be ready for all that kind of stuff all the time. Be ready for the fake punt. Be ready for a fake field goal. Be, be ready for the flea flicker. Because you're going to need some of it to be Kansas City. And, I, yeah, I absolutely expect Belichick to do it. And I, I'll, I'll go a step further. I expect Belichick in this game to essentially want Clyde Edwards-Alaire to rush for 100 yards. When he was the coordinator with the Giants back in the late 80s and 90, early 90s, they played the Bills in Super Bowl 25. And the game plan was so great. It's actually in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And they were very similar to the Chiefs. And they had Thurman Thomas, who, you know, obviously, no offense, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but was a better player at the time. He was an MVP of the league. And they had this, this K-gun offense. He threw the ball over the place. He had Hall of Famer, Andre Reid. They had James Lawson, Hall of Famer. Belichick in that game told his defense for the game that the only way we're going to win this game is if Thurman Thomas rushes for 100 yards. We're going to put a million defensive backs on the field. We're going to let them catch the ball, and we're going to pound them. I think the Chiefs, I think they're going to employ very much the same strategy in this game. They are going to try to keep everything underneath. They're going to try to hit the Chiefs, rally to the ball, and they're going to let them run the ball as much as they want. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of unorthodox stuff out of Belichick in this game because he knows it's the only way they're going to win or even could win. Do you think we're going to get more of that weird, uh, you know, oh, we're coming, we're blitzing, we don't know where it's coming from, and we're, we're dropping into coverage with, with, you know, with everybody over tops to try to confuse Mahomes? And do you think Mahomes is going to be like, hey, man, I've seen this before. It's not going to work this time. Yeah, I, I, it's a good point. So like, I do think we'll see that, but I also think it's less and less effective every time he plays it because – the first couple times he played against New England, he did nothing in the first half. And they figured it out and went crazy in the second half. The last time they played each other last season, Mahomes played great in the first half uh, after throwing a pick on the first possession, and then he got rolling. Look, it didn't take quite as long. Then he got hurt. The game wore on. He hit his hand on a helmet, I believe, if I remember right, and, and he kind of went to a shell second half of the game. I just think right now, look, the Pats are not the same thing they were. They're not. They're two and one. I know they were a play away from beating Seattle. I get all that. I I watched that Pats Raiders game and I watched it again. I actually went back and watched it afterwards. The Pats are so slow in the front seven. I would argue they're the slowest front seven in football. They're twenty second in the league with sacks. 
The Chiefs have given up the least sacks of anybody in football. That, to me, is going to be the game. They just can't get to them. They can't get to them unless they blitz. And the thing that used to always kill the Chiefs were all these stunts and twists inside. Well, now, Osemele's there. The Chiefs don't get beat on it anymore. So I I think Kansas City, look, as long as the Chiefs play a a turnover-free game, don't make a bunch of mistakes, Belichick can do all he wants. At some point, they got to line up and beat the Chiefs. And I just don't think the person I'll do with all the opt-outs, the guys that left in free agents, everything else, Kansas City's just a much better team. Agreed. Uh, I I think, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but I think the running game for the Chiefs is really gonna is gonna factor in because I I do think we'll see a little bit of what the Texans tried to do, but with a little more disguise and a little more trickery. Because uh, let's be honest, Bill Belichick a little bit better of a head coach than uh, Bill O'Brien, just a, just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so the Patriots' offense is another part of this game. It's different now with Cam Newton. They like to run the ball a lot. He's obviously not Tom Brady, but he's still a very good quarterback, and he's dangerous and can make you pay if you make mistakes, uh, and not easy to bring down either, which the Chiefs are going to have to remember when they're, when they're dialing up that pass rush. Um, the Patriots' offense has not committed a penalty thus far this season. Uh, they're the least penalized team in the NFL with only seven. The Chiefs are not the least penalized team in the NFL. They've, they've had their share of mistakes. How important do you think to this game is it that the Chiefs also remain mistake-free uh, on, the, on the penalty side of the score sheet. I, I think it's important that they don't make the big mistake, that they don't, you know, they don't take some, some holding call on a play where it doesn't affect the play and the Chiefs had a 40-yarder that gets wiped out. Like, I think Kansas City can afford you know, six penalties for 40 yards. It's not going to kill them. What's going to kill them is if they, you know, they, they take the egregious personal foul and they're about to get off the field. Like, that kind of stuff will kill you. Um, I also think part of the reason New England hasn't taken a pound down offense is look at the defenses they've played. I mean, the Raiders are awful. Seattle's the worst defense in football. The Dolphins have a horrible defense. The Chiefs have a good defense. The people overlook it all the time because how great they are offensively. Kansas City can play ball. Like defensively, they're really good. So um I do think New England will take some penalties in this game. Not a ton, but I think they'll take some. But it is important. Like you Part of the reason the Chiefs had such a hard time with the Chargers, they took like 10 or 11 penalties in the game. You just can't do that. If the Chiefs keep it like a half dozen or fewer, I think they're fine. Agreed. I, 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 they just can't make the mistakes against Belichick that they made against the Ravens, right? Like Because he'll, he'll find a way to take advantage. That's the only thing that makes me nervous about this game is that they, there's a chance for the Chiefs to lose focus sometimes. And if it's, you know, it's, Belichick is very good on special teams, obviously. So, you know, if, it, yeah. if it's me, like if I'm Dave Tobe, I'm kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone. You're not getting a chance to return it against us. I don't care. You know, again, like you're, you're not, who cares about an extra five yards? Just let, right. don't give these guys a chance for any big plays. It's not worth it. Um, okay, let's go on to our X factors for this game. I'll start us off. Uh, for me, it's Clyde Edwards Zelaer. And the reason is, is because of what you said, Verderim. I don't think Belichick is gonna let the Chiefs get any big plays in this game if he can help it. Uh and you know, in, in the past he's he's tried to help it and not been able to. But I, I really think at this point, knowing that he doesn't have Brady, knowing that his his offense isn't very explosive, he's gonna try to keep the ball in front of him and hope the Chiefs make mistakes, make them matriculate the ball down the field. And the difference between the Chiefs this year and the Chiefs last year is they have a much more dynamic player in 
Clyde Edwards Elaire. I'll, I'll, I'll do respect to, to the other Chiefs backs from last year, but if this guy can run the ball like he did against the Houston Texans, uh, he wasn't incredibly efficient against the Ravens, but they have a, a pretty strong run defense. Uh, if, they, if he can run the ball like he did against Houston, forget about it. It was so easy for the Chiefs to move the ball down the field. They look super calm, super confident, dumping it off to Kelsey, throwing little swing passes. Uh, I, I just don't see how the Patriots stop them. They're going to they're gonna move the ball down the field, and maybe Belichick hopes he can tighten things up in the red zone, uh, and, and that's his chance to keep the game close. But for me, if, if Clyde gets going, forget it, because they're either going to have to just let him move the ball down the field and control time of possession, or they're going to have to come up and try to stop it, and then they're done for. Yeah, look, I'll be brief. I think it's the linebackers for the Chiefs. And I agree with you, by the way, that it was Allaire. Uh, he, he could have an enormous game. He, by the way, when the Chiefs hit Kareem Hunt, he used to kill the Pats all the time. They, they, they drove him crazy. The Chiefs linebackers, to me, are the big, big thing I'm watching here. They were much better against Baltimore. Hitchens was really active. Wilson was active. Neiman had a sack. They played well. Uh, Willie Gay got a little more run. Not a lot, but a little bit more. They are going to have to be good in this game with their eyes. You know, the, the Pats do a lot of that option stuff, misdirection, okay? The Chiefs are going to have to be disciplined. And, look, they're very well coached. So I actually have a lot of faith that they can do that. But the Chiefs are not the fastest group of linebackers, just to be kind. They need to make sure that they trust their eyes. They read their keys. They know what they're doing. Because if, if, if I know anything about Belichick, he is going to try to attack them in this game. You're going to see screens to Burkhead. You're going to see who they try to get. They're going to try to get matchups one-on-one with those guys out in space. Um, Kansas City. Now, I also expect Spagnuolo to combat that by maybe going with some more nickel and dime looks um, and, and taking some of those backers off the field. But I, I really think in this game, if the Chiefs linebackers play well, I think the Pats are up a creek. I don't think there's any way they beat them other than the Chiefs just completely imploding. But the Chiefs do need to you know, get some good play out of the second level. Yeah, I had the same thought um, when I put CEH on my X-Factor list. It, it, all I could think about was Kareem Hunt and the way that Andy was able to really open up the offense against Belichick yep. and make him pay. So um, I don't think that Clyde is on Kareem Hunt's level just yet, uh, but he's getting more and more comfortable and uh, has a very similar skill set. So we shall see. And you're right, the linebackers not been great against screens. I and mean, we saw what the Packers did do them last year with Aaron Jones. So um, watch out for those big plays and uh, keep contained. All right, let's go to a segment we like to call AFC contenders and pretenders. Now we've talked about the Ravens a lot. They're, they're not on this list. They're obviously a contender in the AFC. Uh, but this week we're going to stick to the undefeated teams. So we got the Chiefs, we got the Titans, the Bills, and the Steelers are all undefeated at 3-0. and Verderham, who are your contenders and pretenders? I'm going to go through these one at a time. We're not going to talk about the Chiefs because we know they're the Super Bowl favorite. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, contender or pretender? Contender. Um, I, I, I want to see more from Josh Allen. I'm not one of these people who sees three games and just goes into a complete hyperventilation over him. But I think they're a contender right now. Their defense has not played well, and it should play well. So I expect it to get better. They've got weapons. Got a good old line. They got a really good head coach. I don't think they're on the same tier as the Chiefs and the Ravens, but I think they're right at the top of that next year. So I, I would say they're a contender. I agree. I, I, they're not on the level of the Chiefs, but look, they get, they're playing in a division with the Jets and the Dolphins, so they're probably going to go 4-0 and against those teams unless they muck something up. And they, they very well may steal one from the Patriots as well. 
Uh, so that that's getting you five wins right there. And the rest of the AFC, there's not a lot of, it's just not a really deep conference. There's some good teams, but they're, they're beating the teams that they should. Yeah. Yeah. So those are contenders, but how far can they go? I think that's going to, you know, we'll, we'll find out more when they actually play a, a good team, which they haven't really done uh, just yet. Uh, all right. Pittsburgh Steelers, contender or pretender for it around? Contender. I think they're the biggest problem for the Chiefs in the AFC because they can get pressure for four guys and Fitzpatrick can guard Kelsey. I think they have the biggest problem. I think the Chiefs are better than them. I think the Chiefs would beat them. But I think they're the hardest team for the Chiefs to face. They're very built uh, in, in the same way the Chargers are in terms of the personnel. Um, they've got a great coach. I picked them to win the division for the year, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do it. Uh, I, I After seeing the way the two teams have played, I still like Baltimore now a little bit more, to be honest. But um, I think Pittsburgh's really legitimate. I think Pittsburgh and Bolt. I, I think Pittsburgh uh, offensively is not on the same par as Kansas City or Baltimore, but defensively can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm really interested to see the Steelers play the Ravens with Big Ben on the field. Total game changer for them uh, to be able to move the ball on offense. He's still knocking off some rust, but looks pretty good. So I'm with you. Steelers are definitely contenders. I'm not as worried about them against the Chiefs as you are, uh, but you're a better X's and O's guy than, than me. So let's, uh, let's see. I go more on field. All right, Tennessee Titans, 3-0. and They're back. Feeling very similar to, to last year. They're going to they're gonna miss some time here. Contenders or pretenders? Pretenders. They've beaten the Broncos, the Jaguars, and the Vikings by a combined six points. Uh, I, am, I am out. I don't trust Tannehill in a huge game. Uh, they, they have to win a certain way. And in the NFL and the playoffs, if you have to win a certain way, you're probably not going to win very many playoff games. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the Chiefs with Alex Smith. You're probably not going to win too many games. Like It's just too hard. It's too hard. Playoff teams, they'll make you play out of your comfort zone. And if you can't play you know, a second or a third style, you're screwed. You're not going to win. And I, that's kind of where I find myself with the Titans. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't have them as contenders. Look, they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're the best team in that division uh, by, by a good bit because the Texans are just inexplicably trading away all of their good players and keeping a terrible head coach and GM. But um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a, an episode if we didn't bash Bill O'Brien a little bit. But yeah, look, they're, they're, they're a fine football team, but I think they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. They're going to run up against a team that's just more talented than them. Uh, and, you know, I could even see you know, if a team like the Raiders sneaks in there, I could see the Raiders taking out the Titans uh, because they just they might get into a shootout that they can't, they can't keep up with them. So, all right, let's move on. AFC West update. Uh, we'll, we'll do this one pretty quick. Not a lot to report. The Chiefs are still on top at 3-0. and Really, right now, the Raiders look like the, team, the only team that has a prayer of, of giving the Chiefs any kind of problem. They're, they're, they've been a little bit dynamic on, on offense. Uh, they, they went out there and beat the Saints. That was a really good win for them. Carr's playing a little bit better this year, and they've got some nice weapons. They've done a nice job. you got to give them some credit. They've done a nice job of drafting, and they've got some nice pieces there. But on defense, there's just I don't see any chance that they have of the Chiefs stopping the Chiefs. Um, uh, the Chargers are at one and two. Herbert's looking interesting for them. He might be a problem later on down the line. That defense is is uh, obviously a problem. They match up well against the Chiefs, but they don't match up well against everybody else. And I don't see them making much noise as the season goes on. But you know, maybe they maybe they finish eight and eight. That would be I, I'd say a huge win for them uh, if Herbert keeps playing. And the Broncos are a dumpster fire. They were not as good as we thought they were going to be to start the season, and now they've got injuries at quarterback. I don't even know what the guy's name is that they're starting this week. 
as quick tonight. Yeah, yeah. God bless him. I mean, I hope you know, good, good for him. I hope he hope he goes in there and tries to win a job. But they're just a disaster at quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts on the AFC West, Verderan? Uh, that it's over. That that's my thought on the AFC West. It's over. They, or Kansas City, unless they have massive injuries. I mean, you start printing the banner now. Nobody is beating them out. I'd argue that nobody else is even going to get to 500. Um, I really think there's a real chance that by the time we hit December, the division's mathematically clinched. I do. I, re- I, I genuinely think there's a chance the Chiefs are like 10-1 and one and nobody else can even come near. I mean, nobody else has any shot. I mean, the, the Raiders have no defense. The Broncos are devastated with all these injuries. The Chargers, I think, are the I think they're the best team outside of Kansas City in the division. The problem with the Chargers is they have a lot of injuries, and they've already lost the Chiefs at home. I, I just, I'm not trying to come off as as you know obnoxious, but I just do not see any way that any of those teams give the Chiefs even a remote scare. As unless, unless of course, the Chiefs just have a ton of injuries and everything. That would be it. that'd be it. I, I really don't see any way uh, the Chiefs don't run away and win this division by you know four plus games. Yeah, not looking good for the rest of the AFC West. Uh, uh, some some promising young talent, but uh, the Chiefs are clearly miles and miles better than the division right now. And uh, thank you for correcting my typo on the uh, on the outline there. Uh, no problem. <laughs> I saw it and it annoyed me. I had a couple of them. That's good. That's good. Uh, I need somebody to to edit this up for me. Um, all right. Any any final thoughts heading into this game this weekend, Verderam? It looks like if the Chiefs can get by New England who we know might be able to scheme their way to, to giving the team a problem because of Belichick, boy, they could go on quite a run here. Well, uh, yeah. I think, you know, real quick, because we, we, uh, we love the listeners, we do have two fan questions that we got to make sure we hit, and we hit hard. Uh, oh, that's right. So, so the first one, they were both tweeted at me. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the support. Uh, we always try to answer your questions. Um, and, hey, while we have you here, if you could leave a rating and a comment uh, on the Arrowhead Attic podcast, we would love that. But to get to the questions, I have two of them that we're going to get to here. Barstool Dustin asked, thus far I've been worried about two games this season. The first was the Chargers, and the second was the Patriots. Apparently you weren't worried about the Ravens, so good for you. Um, if my gut is correct again, the Chiefs might be in for a rough one. What's your take on this game? Now, obviously, I think, that, you know, Dustin, we, we've answered that, uh, you know, to some degree, hopefully, throughout the course of the podcast. Uh, and I know we're going to give our predictions here in, in full. And in fact, I'll give mine right now. Look, I think the Chiefs went 30 to 20. Okay. Um, I think the game will be a little bit of a slower pace. The Chiefs are probably going to have to dink and dunk a little bit. Maybe try to call up one or two shot plays and they get the right looking coverage. The Pats have been 27th in the league and 20, 23rd, 23rd, I believe. 23rd in passer rating against. Russell Wilson lit him up for five touchdowns. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball consistently. I do think that they'll be limited over the top. I think Belichick's whole game plan will be keep it underneath. Um, but I think Kansas City wins the game because New England just does not have the ability to make an explosive play. Now, the Chargers – see, the big difference to me in this game, the Chargers could get pressure with four all game long. The Pats can't. And if you can't do that against Kansas City, you're dead. You have no shot. And that's, that is, to me, the big difference. Like, I see the comparisons. Chargers ran the ball. Pats can run the ball. Chargers have a good secondary. Pats theoretically have a good secondary. But the, the, the reason the Chargers give the Chiefs such a hard time is because they can get that pressure without sacrificing the integrity of the back end. New England can't. 
So unless the Chiefs just have a really weird game up front, I, I think it's going to be a hard day for New England at Arrowhead. I really do. Agreed. I it's Dustin. I think it's just look. We've all got we've dealt with the Patriots for a long time, right? Being a problem, being really good, winning championships, and so there's 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 got to be a certain uh, amount of deep down embedded just like worry about playing the Patriots and Belichick's done a nice job of, of confusing Mahomes and and those types of things but I agree with Matt uh, I think at the end of the day what we're starting to see as, as Mahomes continues to mature the team gets better around him everybody gets more confident is just a, you know this is the start of likely hopefully knock on wood a dynasty and the Patriots had their time and they're in a, they're in a time of transition. Don't put it past Belichick to, to figure something out and, 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 and get that team back on track. But right now the, the AFC belongs to the Kansas city chiefs and you really shouldn't be scared of playing anybody. I think the team you should be most worried about playing is, is the chargers because they play the chiefs tough every time. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So the second question here. Comes from at AA Casey Cody. He is a contributor over on Arrowhead Addict, which is obviously a great site. You should go there. You should check it out. You should read it. For my money, you got the best Chiefs content in the world. Um, so he asks The Chiefs have had some really good luck finding corners in the later rounds or as undrafted free agents. Is this because of the scheme the Chiefs play, or is Veach just really good at finding corners? So I think it's a great question. It's really interesting. Okay. They, they traded for Traverius Ward, uh, they got from Dallas, who was a an undrafted free agent over there. He, he came in, obviously he's done a really nice job. Uh, I'm sure he's also talking about LeJarius Sneed, who was a fourth round pick who played corner and safety at La Tech. Um, and, and then Rashad Fenton last year, who was a day three pick out of South Carolina, who a lot of people thought was overdrafted. And Fenton's played really well. So, Cody, I think it's a little bit of both. When Bob Sutton was here, uh, and, and go ahead, drink, light a candle. Um, when Bob Sutton was here, they played a ton of press man and they, they didn't give the corners a lot of help. So, you know, when they had Sean Smith and Brandon Flowers and Brandon Carr and, and, and Marcus Peters, they could do that, right? They could get away with that a little bit more because they had those guys. They fit the scheme really well. Um, but those guys were left far more on an island than they are in Spagnolo's system. The safeties give a lot more help to the inside in Spagnolo's scheme than Sutton's ever did. Now, Sutton's defense was good in the sense it was always a cover two. They played over the top, so you, you could be a little more aggressive underneath. But Spagnuolo's scheme does help. However, I do think Veach has a very good knack for finding these guys who fit what they want to do. The Chiefs like corners who have, have good athleticism. They don't have to necessarily be really big guys. I mean, the Chiefs do like their corners to at least have some height. But they don't have big like, – like Sean Smith was almost like a safety playing corner. The Chiefs don't have guys like that anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, Breland's probably the closest thing to that. He's a, he's a bigger corner. But Ward is a smaller guy. Fenton's a smaller guy. Snead has some size to him because he did play some safety in college. But they look for athleticism. They look for guys with ball skills. Not even necessarily guys who intercept a ton of passes, but guys who can break up passes, get their hands on them. Breland obviously has really good ball skills. Snead has good ball skills. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. The scheme helps, but Veach has done a nice job along with the, with the front, rest of the front office at identifying these guys who can come in and who fit the, fit the role. Um, and it, it's been a nice marriage. The Chiefs have done a really, really nice job of finding quality guys, even a guy like Thornhill, who's not a corner, but a safety, late second round. Um, and he's come in and played great. So it, and that's what the Chiefs are going to need here as they dole out more and more big contracts. I think a lot of people – 
it's easy to forget too that they've got Matthew running around back there. He's covering guys, right? And Thornhill, it makes it easier for some of these guys to to come in and do a nice job when you've got a lot of support and a lot of good players in the secondary. Um, you know, it's, yep. it's kind of not like it was before where it's uh, teams are throwing a lot and DBs really becoming more synonymous with just anybody back there. They're play, you're playing corner, you're playing center field um, as the game moves more towards a passing, a passing game. So I think, uh, and I think frankly, like these guys are coming out of college and, with these spread offenses and the NFL playing spread offenses uh, now more than they ever have, like they're used to seeing these kinds of looks and it's uh, they're coming out maybe a little bit better prepared than they were when they were coming in, in the, there was a different kind of style of, of pro offense. So um, I got to save room. I, I came across and thank you for your questions, everybody. We really appreciate them. Send them to us anytime. Uh, I just came across a, a post on Arrowhead Attic. They, they, Nike, we, we're not getting paid by Nike. This isn't an ad. They released some Chiefs running shoes. Have you seen these? No, I have not. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop them in the uh, in the chat here for you. These are slick, man. They're listen. They're 130 bucks all. Uh, that's a lot of money, but you know these are some sweet. I I love these shoes. They're white. They oh, got wow. red laces. They're, right? they're like, really nice, actually. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, some, you know, these shoes sometimes can be gaudy and ugly, especially when you're dealing with, with, and I'm not a shoe guy, but those are actually like, I'm not someone who cares about shoes really, but that, those are, those are pretty sweet. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good looking shoes. They'd look good. Uh, no matter what you got a nice yellow swoosh on there and, uh, chief's logo on the back and on the tongue, you got the 1960 on there. Uh, they're just, they're, they're a sharp looking pair of shoes. You can find them on Arrowhead addict and order them, I think through fanatics. Uh, if you're if you're interested, uh, full disclosure, but yeah, fan sided will get a, an affiliate, uh, you know, payment if you order through Arrowhead Attic. But I'm just recommending these because I think they're pretty sweet, and I may be putting them on my Christmas list. So um, check them out. Uh, now. Pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'll just buy it right? And just I, all stuff later. Yeah, just ask for a gift card uh, so you can wear them uh, earlier in the season. That's a uh, that's smart. Uh, all right, let's get to the predictions. Now, you already, you already threw yours out there, Vertum. You said 30-20 yep. KC. Do you have anything you want to add on to that? No, I think 30-20. I, I think they win the game. It's one of those games where I don't think they ever really like full-on pull away, but I think they're comfortable. Um, they're better. They're the better team. And let me tell you something right now. I don't want to you know, give away next week's episode when they play the Raiders. As long as the Chiefs got this game healthy, that is going to be a biblical ass-kicking Against the, the Raiders defense is a <laughs> I love bomb. It. I sat there and watched that game. My God, the Raiders can't stop anybody. Uh, but no, this week, look, I think I think it's a tight game. Like coaching matters in the NFL. Belichick's a great coach. I I don't expect him to blow them out. I will say this: if Kansas City gets up big on them early somehow, the Pats are in for a really long day. If the Pats can't sit there and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, then I could see the Chiefs beating them by a, a significant amount. But I'll say thirty to twenty. I think it's a good game. But I think the Chiefs won. I've got a very specific prediction for this game. I don't know why. This is just how I think it's going to go. My final score prediction is 27 to 21 Chiefs. And I think the way this is going to play out is that the Chiefs are going to handle the Patriots pretty well through most of the game. They're going to back off a little bit on offense. I think they're going to get off to a slow start against Belichick on offense, which they tend to do. I think they're going to blow up uh, maybe in the second quarter. And then they're just going to be sort of sitting back playing the run, not giving the Patriots any big plays. I think the Patriots, I think it's 27-17 going in late into the fourth quarter. 
I think the Patriots get a field goal with maybe a minute to go and are trying for the onside kick. Don't get it. Chiefs nail it out. Game over. I don't know why it's so specific the way I think it's going to go. I just that's uh, that's my vision. So I look. I got the I got the Chiefs score of thirty four points dead on last week. So uh, let's see if I can make it a two for two here. Yeah. Well, hey, I hope you do. That'd be great. Get the four and zero. Close out the first <laughs> quarter of the year in style. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Chiefs trying to go four and zero to start the season for the second year in a row. The, the, the good news, though, this year is that Patrick Mahomes is not walking around on a bum ankle, uh, and the defense is better. So, uh, you know, I don't not, see a slide coming. If I'm not mistaken, I think it would be the fourth year in a row. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're incredible right. out of the gate. They, they almost don't lose out of the gate. I think they, in 2017, they were 6-0. 2018 with Mahomes, they were 5-0. and Last year, they were 4-0. So they, they're pretty good. They're pre- and I got to tell you, they win this game. I mean, they got one more before the bye in Buffalo that's tough. But, man, other than that, like <laughs> Raiders at home, Broncos on the road, Jets at home, Panthers at home, those are your opponents for the bye. Like Kansas City, if they win this game, but that Buffalo game is about the only other one you look at for the bye, I think they even have any shot of losing. If you had to put money on, I mean, an amount of money that mattered to you, would you put it on – how much would you bet on them going into that game at Tampa Bay on November 29th undefeated? Uh, I'd put a significant amount. Um, I think it's just, it's just better. I mean, I, the game that scares me the most, Buffalo, because it's a short week on the road. Those games can be weird. But, I mean, they're going to clobber the other four teams they played before the bye week clobber them. I mean, you, you know what Brett Ripien against Mahomes is going to look like? If, if that's what it is. I mean, you imagine that? Yeah. That's going to be a killing. Yeah. Now, maybe Locke is back at that point, but even then, no offense to Drew Locke, who cares? I, it just... I don't know. I, I wouldn't... You know, look, I'm not a big better or anything, but I, I think right now, yeah, if, as long as Kansas City is reasonably healthy, yeah, they are going to roll. I, I really believe that. And the Chiefs just had two road games in a row. Uh, they're going to be home for two weeks before they go to Buffalo. That works out in their favor a little bit. They'll be a bit more comfortable. And it's not a, it's not a very far trip to, to Buffalo. So if they can get out of these next two games without any bangs and bruises, uh, or too many bangs and bruises, we know we'll get, they'll be getting some of those. I think they'll be okay as well against the, the Buffalo Bills. Right. I just don't see – I just see them putting pressure on Josh Allen, and, and I see it, you know the interception parade uh, will be coming to town. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've previewed Chiefs Patriots. Uh, we put a bow on the uh, the Ravens game, and uh, we hopefully got you guys ready for a big game this Sunday. We'll be recording on Sunday night. So uh, after that, uh, Chiefs uh, take care of the Patriots. Look for your Arrowhead Attic podcast coming out at the end of the evening. Uh, it'll be out there. Uh, so if you're if you're a night owl, you can listen uh, before you go to bed. If not, it'll be there for you when you wake up on Monday morning and it is everywhere you get your podcast. We're on Apple, we're on podcasts, uh, uh, Spotify, Google, Amazon music, everywhere you get your podcast stitcher. Um, and, and as always, we, we just humbly ask for you to drop into Apple podcasts and leave us a review. A written review is, is better than just a, a star review by itself. Uh, but we'll take the star reviews as well. It helps us get more eyeballs on the podcast. It helps us bring more content like this for you. I'm sure you would love to hear from us every single day of the week. 
uh, we get big enough, maybe you will. Maybe we'll get a, a serious channel for you. Who knows? Uh, but, but, but we got to start with just you guys supporting us uh, and we'll support you back with great content. And please be sure to make sure you are reading Arrowhead Addict on a daily basis. As Matt said earlier, great stuff over there all the time. Matt Connor does a terrific job running that website. Uh, and we're going to have him on the show very soon. So we'll be hearing from Matt as well. Uh, you can always follow us on Twitter. Matt is at, at Matt Verderam. I am at, at R. Patrick Allen. Please follow Matt Connor at Matt Connor AA. And of course, always follow at Arrowhead Addict. You'll get tweets from me. You'll get tweets from Verderam, Matt Connor, and the whole Arrowhead Addict crew there. Uh, all right. Uh, it's, it's Halloween season. Enjoy a couple uh, uh, spooky movies this week, and uh, hopefully the Chiefs will uh, kick off the, uh, the October month by terrorizing the New England Patriots on Sunday. Uh, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast for Matt Verderam. As always, I'm Patrick Allen. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys on Sunday night. Go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.